What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the KJ52 podcast. This episode is entitled "Did Eminem Dis NF?" Question mark. Uh, for those that are tuning in, I just want to let you know about a new thing that I've launched. It is the KJ52 Patreon page. That is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash KJ52. Now, why am I talking about that? Well, uh, just recently, I have uh, kind of been toying around with the idea of going back to where it started for me in some ways, and that is the juvenile detention centers, and um, uh, doors opened up for me to get into those areas, and so to kind of offset some of the costs, because obviously it's kind of like doing a missions trip in some ways, um, I've kind of relaunched the Patreon page, and so I have multiple tiers that you can check out. Uh, there is the $1 tier, which basically just gets you all kinds of cool updates. There's the 5 Two, wah, wah, uh, tier that gets you all kinds of unreleased music uh, and a once a month freestyle that only you guys get once a month custom song basically uh, the $10 tier allows you to pick what I freestyle about and then it jumps all the way to the 52 which is exactly like it sounds $52 that in my humble opinion is a phenomenal deal uh, you get a CD a t-shirt, a graffiti piece, and a one-on-one chat with me for 52 bucks. That's 52 bucks a month that helps fund this JDC stuff. It kind of helps pay for the podcast too. So please go check it out. That's patreon.com forward slash KJ52. And yeah, and be a patron and you will get a very special shout out. I'm going to kick all my shout outs next week on the podcast for all my patrons. All right. Anyway, let me go ahead and jump on into this. I've been meaning to do a podcast. I actually had multiple people ask me what my thoughts were. Just came from an interview, actually, where this came up. And uh, I was trying to get somebody on with me to discuss it, but the reality is it's just not going to work out. So nothing to it but to do it. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and, uh, and freestyle this podcast. And you're going to listen. And you're going to like it, dadgummit. All right, anyway. So obviously my history with M goes way back 20 plus years uh you know back in the day i was doing open mics and battles specifically in the miami area uh and at one point i was on the dj khaled's pirate radio show where one of the guys that i was freestyling with said oh you gotta check out my boy eminem this might have been in 96 97 i can't remember that's kind of when he popped on my radar and i started you know the internet was popping then so i was kind of doing some research and saw his sort of rise to fame not saying I knew him by any means but just saw you know something like this was a very interesting phenomenon so obviously flash forward a couple years I write Dear Slim uh, as a sort of reaction piece to those that were comparing me to him Um, and then the song took on a life of its own you know I wrote that song in 2000 dropped it in 2001 here I am nearly 18 years later still talking about it but, you know, with that song, Dear Slim, Dear Slim Part 2, you know, I found myself on MTV's TRL, I found myself on VH1's 40 Worst Moments of Hip Hop, uh, I found myself communicating with Kim Mathers, his ex-wife, when she was in jail, uh, I ended up meeting the guy who gave Eminem a copy of my album, and then, uh, you know, around 2009, he drops a song called Be Careful What You Wish For, where he talks about a fan who had been praying for him. Etc. Etc. And uh, here we are, all the way in 2018, and I just can't get away from this. But anyway, um, 
the funny thing to me about this is because, you know, obviously the title is the Eminem Dis and F. And so this popped up kind of like how his album popped up, which was out of the blue. Um, for those that don't know, he dropped a surprise album called Kamikaze at midnight. I think it was about a week ago. Uh, and he is at his most Eminem-esque on this album. Uh, I did get a chance to listen through. I'm not advocating what he's saying. I'm not advocating his music. I'm not advocating any of this. It's not an endorsement. Uh, some Christians like to go off the rails if you just even mention something in the secular. But I would be the first one to tell you that you need to know context. Jesus was very familiar with the secular quote-unquote music of his day. Paul quotes from pagan poets all the time in his letters. Uh, verses that we hold as scripture are literal quotes from pagan poetry. In fact, there's times where Paul lifts pagan poetry, recontextualizes it, and applies it to, to Christ. You'll see where Paul uses the pagan poetry of his day to reach the Greeks, where he talks about you have this inscription to the unknown God. Uh, even when Jesus says, it's hard for you to kick against the goads, that is actually lifted from a pagan poetry which Jesus himself uses to speak to Paul, who was very much a Roman citizen and knew the pagan poetry of his day. And I would submit to you that pagan poetry of his day is no different than pagan music of our day. Okay? Anyway, now I don't want to tangent too much, but, you know, just keep that in mind. So all that to be said, I listened to the album. Uh, I listened to what was being said. Um, I mean, he's going off on everybody. You know, there's a lot of, like, white-on-white crime, so to speak. Uh, you see him going against MGK, who just released his his diss song, like, almost two days later. Uh, hip-hop, in a lot of ways, is back to a battle, a battle vibe. He's going in on mumble rappers, uh, which I thought was hilarious because the mumble rappers that he dissed, be it Lil Pump, I'm trying to think who else, might have been one of the other ones. Uh, Lil Yachty, like none of those guys like took it personal. They were like, I can't believe he mentioned me. <laughs> like even Lil Pump was kind of like, yeah, I'm not that great of a rapper. Like there was no, there was no disputing what he was saying. So it's 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 interesting that you can reach a level of so high up in the hip hop game that you can verbally beat down somebody and they take it as like, thank you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> But, um, you know, not everybody sat with him like that. But um, anyway, I, I digress. So, Rapzilla.com, which you can check out the article. Just go to Rapzilla.com, look up the article. Uh, they pointed out a part in his song where he says, and forgive me because I do not remember the, the, the lead-up line, but he said, otherwise I would be like a NFing recovery clone of me I'm not quoting this correctly but the point was he makes a play on words with the term NF versus you know the argument is well if he's not saying NF he would have just dropped an F-bomb which I think we all know that Eminem has no problem doing that so why would he sort of use this turn of phrase well I can tell you as someone who comes from the same era as him it's a couple years older than me, but we're essentially from the same era. 
especially if you're a battle rapper, especially if you come up in, a, in an era of punchlines and wordplay and creativity, this sort of play on words is very much par for the course for anyone in the battle rap community, okay? Because part of what battle rap is about, it's, it's, it's about how much can you flip up your cadence, how much can you flip up your delivery, but a lot of it is really about how can you say something that no one has ever said before? How can you use a double entendre? How can you make words mean something that they don't necessarily mean? That's all part of the battle of wits. Now, it's obviously done with vulgar word wordage, vulgar verbiage, but, you know, welcome to hip-hop. I don't know what to tell you there. Welcome to the world that it came from. That's just, it is what it is. Um... And so when somebody was like, oh, he's not dissing NF, that's not what that says, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to err on the side of saying, yeah, I think it's a shot across the bow. I think most people don't catch it because no question, you know, Nate is very popular, no question he had a huge hit, but he occupies a very specific space, okay? It's a very big popular space. But it's a very specific space. He's not necessarily coming up in the world of the MGKs and the Little Pumps. I'm sure he's making inroads in there. Obviously, he just got done touring with Logic. Um, but I think what people fail to realize is that hip-hop, or music in general, is very fragmented. And it's very tribal, and it's very specific. So you can be popular and be popular to a very specific group of people. And that does not mean you're on the radar of a whole other group of people. Does that make sense? So, obviously, Nate had a big hit with uh, Let You Down. It's very possible that M could have heard that on the radio. It was everywhere. And he might have heard it and basically just went, oh, this dude sounds like me. And he doesn't know anything else about him. And so his only interpretation of that is, here's a guy trying to clone me. I don't know who he is. I don't have any connection to him. He's used my swagger, style, whatever you want to label it, to get popular. And he's a recovery clone of me. Now, again, this is all speculation. I'm, I'm not in Eminem's head, nor do I claim to be. But I can tell you, in some regards, I know how an MC's head thinks from the era of 1990 to 1999. That's the formative years that I came up as an MC. That's the formative years that he came up as an MC. And especially as a white guy, like there's certain things that you just tend to have a unique experience. So that's my two cents on it. But the thing that I found really almost hilariously indicative of where hip hop is at, because I was reading through some of the comments once it kind of came up on my radar, I'm reading you know, the Rapzilla comments, I'm reading the Facebook comments, I'm reading even comments about something I posted, which I'll get to a second because it's almost as funny, is how tribal music is right now. And when I say tribal, you know, music, the music industry used to be like a communist dictatorship like the USSR, okay? So why am I saying that? Well, the way the music industry functioned in the 70s and 80s, even into the 90s, even into the early 2000s, the industry basically said, this is what you will like, these are your options, 
it's going to cost you 15 bucks, and that's it. You have no choice in the matter. The internet has leveled the playing field on every level because now the industry cannot tell you what to like because there's no financial incentive because everyone has access to anything now. We're all drinking from the same pond, so to speak, and music costs nothing. There's no financial investment outside of your little $10 Spotify membership. So you can find somebody that you like that is probably similar to you and it's no longer what the industry gives you, which is very limited options. You can find somebody that you like, that you relate to, that you're into, and you'll go, that's my king. That's my tribal king. And it doesn't matter whether that guy is super popular or super not popular. You have the full option to like whatever you like. And that person becomes your everything. Now, why am I saying this? Well, for the first time in hip-hop, in a lot of ways, there's an age gap. There is a cultural and generational divide similar to what you saw to rock music, say, 50, 60 years ago, right? Rock music came out in the 50s, probably came into its own in the 60s, 70s, 80s, it goes massive, right? Well, right around the 80s, you start to see something called classic rock versus modern rock or hair metal or all these little splintered things. And so the rock genre got old enough that where people could be like, I don't like this new rock music, I like classic rock because it's better. Well, better is all subjective when it comes to music. It's whatever you like. Hip-hop is getting old enough now where there is a divide, where those that are in their 30s and 40s that are into hip-hop, into their 50s, they can't relate to the younger generation. Why can't they relate? Because it's not their, it's not their generation. They came up on a certain era, probably when they were the same age as their kids, and that's the, what they connected with, and they stay locked into that for a long time, and most people never deviate from that. So, why am I saying all this? Because it was funny to look at the comments where people would say things like Eminem is old, he's irrelevant, NF is the future, NF is going to tear him up, NF is is what's now, Eminem is what was then, Eminem shouldn't rap anymore, he's too old, he has nothing left to say, so on and so on and so on and so on. Well, first of all, let's just separate let's just separate facts from fiction. First of all, Eminem still sells out arenas, Eminem still has the number one album in the country, Eminem, by no stretch of imagination, is irrelevant from any aspect, except for the fact to a younger generation that has no emotional attachment to them, he would be irrelevant. That does not mean he's actually irrelevant. He's irrelevant to you, but you do not dictate the majority. Okay, and again, I hope you understand, it's not like me trying to defend Eminem, so to speak. This has nothing to do with content or what's being said. What is actually being said is that you have a younger generation, probably with some, some church fan base, or maybe not even, that would look at an NF who is in his 20s, who is a good-looking kid, and in a lot of ways, might be what be considered as derivative of some aspect of Eminem. They're going to look at him and go, I can relate to that because that speaks to me more than Eminem's 45 
50, wait, he's 40, he's three years older than me, so he'd be 30, 46. It's not the same. It's not that they can't look at him and go, oh, I recognize his talent, but there's no emotional connection. So when people write things like, yeah, Eminem's washed up, NF is the future, NF is going to eat him alive, this is what people say when they talk about their leaders, their tribal kings. My tribal king is better than your tribal king. It's like when we were little kids, my dad can beat up your dad. Well, I, you don't even know if you're like five. Do you really know if your dad can beat up his dad? No, but to you, your dad is the world, okay? So you can't really ever separate people's emotional attachment, especially when you're talking about music, because music speaks to us on many, many levels. And so I think we're living in a generation where teenagers and 20-somethings are more connected and disconnected simultaneously, all at the same time. You are more connected to people from the internet, yet you're more disconnected from people because you have virtual friendships. And I find it interesting that for teenagers, the new statistic is the number one killer of teenagers is no longer stuff like drunk driving or alcohol. It's actually suicide. That things like uh, sexual frequency and drug use is actually down. Is it drug use? I think it's actually... Wait, hold on. Uh sexual frequency and I think and alcoholism, that's what it was sexual frequency and alcohol drinking is down amongst teenagers and depression and prescription drug usage is up and the new, the new killer is actually suicide why is this happening? because you have a generation of young people that are coming up with virtual relationships and when you have virtual relationships you're not out getting drunk and you're not out having sex what you're actually doing is you're isolating yourself and because of isolation, you create a whole new set of problems. I believe music like NF, and I'm not discrediting his whole discography or anything, I'm not reducing him to that, but that type of music that speaks to people that are in isolation or that are depressed or that are angry, that music will have a popularity rise because of that, okay? And I hear people say all the time, oh, well, he's... You know, he's not just an angry rapper. He speaks to me. His music's real. He presents the problem. And I just want to say, first of all, far be it for me to ever discount somebody's connection with music. Because that's silly. I'll never be the old guy on the porch, you know, yelling at these kids, get off my lawn, about what you like. But usually what we like is usually a reaction to where we're at in life. Okay? And that's usually, and where we're at in life is usually a reaction to where we're at in culture. Okay, where we're at as a society. So I say all this would be a good reason why NF's music would be very popular and why the younger generation would connect with it. And you take church folk who go, well, he's a believer like I am. Maybe his music is not super blatantly Jesus-filled or his new stuff isn't. But I know at least, if anything, we have a commonality in that aspect. Okay? And... This is another thing I thought was really interesting. So last seven months, not, not currently, but I filled in as interim youth pastor at my church. Still still traveling, still doing my music, but I had filled in as interim youth, youth pastor. And we were doing a series about songs, just about music. It wasn't Christian or secular. It was just songs, period, all across the map. And I shared a message called 
three perspectives on hurt. And I used three different songs to show three different perspectives on hurt. My first song I talked about was, uh, what was the first song? Why am I blanking out? Oh, no. I actually talked about Logan Paul going into the suicide forest in Japan and filming and making a joke out of it and the subsequent shaming that he got. My second song, second thing that I used was the Logic 1-800-SUICIDE song. So, as far as I know, Logic's not a believer, or maybe he is in some aspect, but he has a song called 1-800-SUICIDE where he talks from the perspective of someone who wants to take their own life, and the video is about a homosexual kid who is uh, getting bullied, and I think he takes his life in the video. I might be incorrect. But his song title was the 1-800-SUICIDE number. So this was my second perspective. I said, well, here's somebody who's not necessarily coming from a believer's perspective, but he's giving a sort of a secular response to hurt. Here's a number you can call. It's not a, not a church-based thing. Then I went to the third song and I used Let You Down and I showed the video and I said, here's someone talking about his perspective on hurt and I can at least say that I know him to know him to be a believer and that there is a deeper hope. Um, it Does he necessarily in the song Let You Down talk about Jesus is your answer? No. But I can tell you, me playing that video was super powerful for my kids. And when I played that video, I can tell you that song helped open up so much dialogue about the issues of suicide or broken families or you name it. And I'm not saying this changed my perspective on NF or Nate by any means. I mean, I already, like, you know, I'm down, man. It's not, you're not convincing me. Um, but for me and that perspective as a youth pastor, that song was super powerful. I'll be honest with you, it was easier, it was a better tool for me than the 1-800-SUICIDE song by Logic. Okay? So, all the way back to my original point, the point is, someone pointed out to me, they said, hey man, you know, you wrote Dear Slim, Dear Slim 2, Eminem never dissed you back, he actually gives you kind of like a nod, and here's NF, and he's kind of regarded as a, an Eminem clone, and he's getting dissed by Eminem. And again, this is all very speculative, I'm not going to make my commentary that anything is one particular thing, but I thought it was interesting that sometimes perspective about you, whether it's accurate or not, or your intent about you, whether it's accurate or not, can really shape how people react to you. And there is definitely something biblical to think about that. Um, and my final thing that I'm going to wrap this podcast up is... <laughs> I'm only laughing because, I don't know, maybe I got a twisted sense of humor, or maybe I just think people are too gullible. I Look, as a person... I'm very skeptical, okay? I don't know where that comes from, but man, my guard is always up if someone's trying to hustle me, right? I tend to look at the, the glass as neither half empty nor half, nor half full. I'm looking at it as how much can I drink from that glass, right? Or, or did you poison the water? Like, I'm just that type of guy, all right? I'm a different kind of guy. I put up a week ago a post with, you know, a little screenshot from my Dear Slim video, 
and the post said, Dear Slim, Part 7 coming soon. I posted this while, you know, with a tone of seriousness. I mean, it's pretty obvious if you just read. It's a joke, right? So I put up Dear Slim and Part 7 and I captioned the picture and I said, "In to, to defend NF from Eminem's diss, I will be releasing Dear Slim Part 7 then I will be working backwards like a reverse Lord of the Rings and putting out 3, 4, 5, and 6. Okay, if that's all I put on the caption, who in the world would think that that's serious? You can't make a song that jumps ahead four, episodes, four versions ahead <laughs> and then you go backwards? What does that even, that doesn't make any sense. But I knew, look, it's the internet. God bless Christians, but they're sweetly gullible sometimes. So I wrote right after that, I said it will be releasing on 1990 Never. Okay, that should be clue number two that this is a joke. What date in the world would be 1990 Never? Okay, that's kind of hidden in the term. 1990 Never. Okay, how can something release on 1990 Never? Clue number three was, I said, and after that, I said, if you would like to be on the song, call me at 8675309 and ask for Jenny. Okay? Clue number three. That's an 80s, 1980s song called 8675309 by Tommy Two-Tone. Now, you may like, well, dude, I'm not raising the 80s. I don't know that song. Okay? Why would I post a phone number with no area code? All right? That's clue number four. Okay? There's some pretty obvious clues in this post that it's a joke. Okay? It's a joke. It's a joke. I'm poking fun at the whole hullabaloo. I'm poking fun at the whole silliness of the whole thing. I'm poking fun at it all, all right? I'm making you guys go, maybe you guys just calm down a little bit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, nothing would reek of desperation more for me than to put out Dear Slim Part 7 with no other versions of it. (laughs) But I can't tell you how many people took that post seriously? I would say, and I could be wrong here, because maybe some people were answering my silly sarcasm with silly sarcasm, but I would say almost 50% took that post seriously. So much so that I had to put up another post the next day saying, guys, this is not serious, okay? If you do think it's serious, I'm going to sell you a bridge in Brooklyn, okay? How in the world would I sell you a bridge in Brooklyn? People still thought that that post was serious, Oh, man, how can I... Yeah, you should still put the song out. I'm like, guys, look, I I could just post, this is a joke, but that kind of removes the fact that you might want to think about it a little. You know, and I get it. Look, I am a sarcastic son of gun. I got some, uh, I got to learn to, I got to learn to be a little, uh, I got to come down to planet Earth every once in a while. But listen, it's the internet. Don't believe everything you see. You're the same, it's the same type of people that like go read somebody's Wikipedia and it says something like KJ52 was the son of a great cheese immigrant and they just take it at face value. Well, it's on Wikipedia, it must be true. Listen, we should question everything. And I, you know what? I'm going to end it with this. That is a biblical precept, okay? The Bible says that the Bereans listened to Paul and they checked the scriptures to see if what he was saying was true. God wants us to check, okay? To check things. Stop being gullible. Stop believing everything you read. Stop 
wildly trusting everybody, are you going to find out that Deer Slim 7 is on its way? Hi, anyway, if you like what I posted, if you like this podcast, please shoot me an email, kj52 at kj52.com. That's my name at mywebsite.com, and maybe I'll use your uh, feedback on my next podcast. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. God bless.